construction's building the world, right? So uh, getting enough talent uh, directly impacts growth and pace in delivering projects efficiently. We talked to a customer about a month ago who said, we're, we're building things. And so getting our people right is incredibly important and incredibly expensive. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software Great Tech Group. You're invited to join our conversation to model the future of construction innovation and the digital transformation adventure of this great industry. My guest today is Katie Hall. She is the founder and CEO of Clara, which is a platform that unleashes the true potential of your workforce using advanced competency science and machine learning. Before starting Clara, Katie spent 10 years in global workforce development, where it became clear that customers and the market were ready for a more precise, inclusive future of work. Katie regularly speaks and writes on a variety of topics, including diversity hiring, AI ethics, and the automation impact of the workforce. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, looking forward to it. So I always like to get kind of people's background stories on how they, they ended up in this industry to begin with. So what brought you to the industry? Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm a born and raised proud Midwesterner. I live here in Michigan. My family's still here, spent most of my life here, except for a couple of stints in Boston, D.C., and uh, spent a lot of time in the public sector. So worked for the government and then most recently 10 years in nonprofit. So I was with an economic development nonprofit for about 10 years doing specifically workforce development, worked with a lot of companies in Detroit, uh, lots of companies in the Midwest, but also many other cities around the U.S. and internationally, as you mentioned. And those I focused heavily on manufacturing, construction, lots of industrial industries, some logistics. And so, you know, I also worked on a factory line for four years, um, and so I have a bit of an industrial background. So in that time, I worked with a lot of businesses who were the current system for managing human capital was just a constant challenge, right? Uh, especially in industries like manufacturing and construction. Maybe you've got a resume, maybe you don't. Maybe you have a degree, maybe you don't. Those things just matter less and less, and they only work for some labor market segments, some jobs. And so we were constantly trying to help these companies figure out how to get the right people in the door, retain them, train them to move up in the organization. And so I eventually that led me to start Clara, which is a software company that tries to help comp competencies be the only mechanism. No JDs, no resumes, no assessments, competencies everybody has and all industries can use. So that's what we built. Yeah. I like it. Awesome. Uh, what, what part of the hand uh, of uh, Michigan, are you from? My my godmother lives up in in Michigan, so I get to go up there from time yeah. to time. It's a great, beautiful state. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I always right love here. that. I'm right here. <laughs> I know. I got asked that a couple of times for the first time when I was out in Boston. People had never seen this before. The hand. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you know it's, it's awesome. It's it's a very handy trick. <laughs> I know it's helpful. No other state can do it, right? So. That's right. That's right. Uh, so. What are some of the, the hurdles that you see the, the industry facing coming in to, you know, three months here so far into 2023? What what are some of the hurdles that they have to overcome with workforce? Gosh, yeah. I mean, the market's crazy right now. We live in a crazy time. Uh, we're talking to a lot of construction companies, manufacturing companies, industrials broadly. Um, industrials are primary customer base, so you hear me reference them a lot. 
just about the risk in the market. So there's risk built into all sorts of operations right now. Obviously, the financial markets are crazy. Everybody's talking about banks. This affects how many people are in the workforce, what types of jobs they're looking for, what types of stability they're looking for. Um, hiring is hard right now. So making the most of your current talent is a really big deal we're finding in 2023. We're actually hearing more and more from customers, you know, Hiring is so difficult that optimizing each person I've got on a line or on a project or on a site is like, it means everything to my business. That's our future. Uh, so maximizing yeah. your current bench of talent, if you're getting 40% out of somebody, you've got to get 60% out of them or 70% out of them to keep delivering on time. Um, mm -hmm. Construction's building the world, right? So uh, getting enough talent uh, directly impacts growth and pace and delivering projects efficiently. We talked to a customer about a month ago who said, you know, we're, we're building things. And so getting our people right is incredibly important and incredibly expensive. Like we could lose a million dollars on a project in a day if a site stops moving, for example. So sure. you hear that a lot from the industry early months of this year, just that cost challenge can't grow fast enough pressure to deliver on time. Yeah. So what can companies do to, to really help optimize and create the, those efficiency gains from their current workforce? Yeah. I mean, my perspective, of course, is that, you know, your people are your biggest asset, of course, which these companies know. Uh, and getting really clear and focused on what exactly you need to hire and when for projects mm -hmm. specifically where they're coming from uh, and what the skills are that they come in with is super important and really hard. Um, if you know those things, you can make better choices about moving people around. Maybe maybe you need help on a second project. You could move, who are the five or six people you could move over there so that project doesn't go down or get delayed. So getting really, yeah. like really challenge yourself to get clear on the skills that you actually need. And so it's easy to just get in a rhythm, right? Bring people in, put them on a job. But what are who are the high performers? Where do you get your best people from? How do you get people to stay? If you get clear on that, you can move people around more easily. You can hire more precisely. Your people cost less and they'll usually stay longer. So like we talk to a lot of companies who say, I'm trying to plan ahead uh, to mitigate against this economy and the risk, but I don't really know what my starting point is. And that's mm. that that's true. That's that's the problem. So it may be as simple as just a questionnaire or a skills map. You know, our software helps you with the skills map, but you can take really small steps and inexpensive steps and get a lot more clarity that'll pay off. Yeah. So why then are companies not or taking the time to really kind of map out the, the competencies and, and level setting of where we are now, where we want to be in, you know, five, 10 years and where's the, the delta between the two? Yeah, it's an investment, right? It's an investment of capital or of your people's time. It's certainly an investment of leadership's time um, mm -hmm. to put effort into an initiative like this. And there are so, I mean, I know how this feels, right? I run a startup. There are so many emergencies <laughs> day to day or fires that you're just trying to keep up with when you're operating right. a business and operating sure. a site. So this sometimes ends up on the list of, that's great. We'll do it at some point. Um, 
But what's hard is the sooner you do it and get the data, the sooner the data will start working for you and cutting your costs and helping you grow faster. So it's one of those things where that you have to fit in and make a little bit of time for. The other, I think, bigger challenge is, you know, there's lots of talk right now in the press, especially since the pandemic about skills-based economy. You know, we're going to move away from degrees and employers want to use skills to hire, but there's not really an alternative system yet. So companies either have to experiment with new innovations like ours, or they have to try to create it themselves internally and piece it together. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, it's, it's hard when the system's been the way it's been on hiring and people management for so long, you have a process and maybe it's good enough. So it requires an experiment, requires setting aside a little bit of time to make change. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's, it's funny how change management comes up in, in so many of our conversations because everything comes back when you're trying to innovate, you're trying to change, you're bringing in new technology. It for sure, change management is a huge, huge hurdle that you have to change the the mindset, not even just the, the practice, but the mindset of, yes, this is working, this will work and kind of create the, the, the use case and the benefits of it and get it right bought into that process. Yep, exactly, exactly. Uh, so on the, the human side of construction, what do you think of when you, you hear that phrase? What does that, what's that look like in, in practice? Yeah, I mean, certainly, like we talked about a little bit ago, workforce is your biggest asset as a company, right? The people who make up the business and deliver the work are everything. They're the core of the business. Um, I, when I hear the human side of construction, I think about work that I did in the early days in Michigan with some construction and manufacturing companies. And I would hear from a lot of leaders about, you know, we have, we have the greatest people. They're incredibly hard workers. The work is, they're building the world. Like I said, right. What could be more important than that? Um, yeah, for sure. But, but construction still has this PR problem, same as manufacturing because of the big college policy push back in the day, right? And people people don't understand how high tech construction is and how important it is and how much it's going to grow. I mean, 80% of the world's going to live in a city. Uh, someone has to build the cities. So it's, you know, the people of construction, I think, are fighting for the respect that they deserve. Um, and this goes all the way from laborers up into management. Um, so I always hear a little bit of that from the leaders and from just folks on job sites in construction. We love what we do. We love the team that we work with. We love doing physical work and we feel like it matters because we're building things, but maybe the rest of the world doesn't really get it. Yeah, absolutely. You're, uh, you're preaching on my soapbox there <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think 100% construction has a, a huge marketing problem outside of construction because, you know, I, I tell people that I, I host a, a podcast around construction, innovation, and technology. And they're like, oh, that's a boring podcast. There's nothing happening in construction. You're just ignorant. You don't know what's happening. And we have to do a better job in the industry to reach people outside uh, that, that haven't had the exposure. Because how would you know that there's innovation and incredibly smart, creative problem solvers mm -hmm. in the industry? Unless we that are in the industry are telling those stories and, and sharing what's actually happening out here. Right. Right. Uh, how should people really go about that? And maybe how, how does technology then come alongside and equip those people to, to 
better tell those stories to start changing the the PR and, and marketing problem? Yeah, I hopefully I think I think there is sort of a market wide system shift underway, which mm-hmm. is as you know, you were talking about change management. This this is that's a necessary ingredient, right? It's really hard to change perception just inside out only, um, mm-hmm. especially with the policy push. I mean, all the data shows what the impact was of everyone has to go to college, right? Now we're routinely short on the technical talent that we need for all the critical trades. Um, some companies like, or some countries like Germany and lots of uh, other countries in Europe have better sort of two track pipelines uh, than we do because of that. So we've been, mm-hmm. we've been paying for that and, and there was some benefit fine, but we've been paying for that for a long time. So I think, I think the pandemic helped. I think there was already a shift underway, but that was accelerated because the whole world started paying attention to frontline workers. Uh, the fact that there was no good mechanism for shifting labor market supply quickly enough to keep up with demand. One of our first pilots at Clara was placing unemployed hospitality workers into logistics jobs because they share a bunch of the same competencies. So that gap became really evident because of the pandemic. I think business is moving towards skills for management of people and hiring, which helps. I think the government is starting to pay attention to that. We're going to be forced to pay attention because we're going to be so short on technical people in the AI age. We're already short. Um, So, you know, we worked with a lot of construction companies who would go into elementary schools, middle schools, right? They would go to the technical colleges, career training centers, make sure that there was information about you know, all the cool tech that you're going to use on job sites and what it's really like to design and execute on a building site. We, we had really, we were really effective with apprenticeships. I think any job-based training is still great for construction, manufacturing, Mm -hmm. logistics, get people in there. They'll get to experience what it actually is. Um, Podcasts like this are great publications, events, I think cross industry events where people outside construction are mingling with leaders from construction. I've gone to a lot of industry association events that were mixed like that. And that certainly yep. helps get the word out. So that's some of what's in progress yep. yeah, that's working. Calling all innovators. In just a few weeks, you can attend a free online training event that could change your work life. BIMUP is for innovative construction professionals like you offering over 200 classes from May 23rd through the 25th that cover BIM best practices, Revit, AutoCAD, and lots of other topics that can help improve the way you work. I think you'll get a ton of value by attending. To sign up, simply go to asti.com slash BIMUP. Hope to see you there. Yeah, for sure. So... uh let's talk about the the competency approach. How does really focusing in, looking at competency, how does that allow for really greater flexibility for the the company moving forward? Yeah. So competencies are just something you can do on the job, stuff you can do at work. Um, I don't want to get too into the weeds of it. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a science competencies are. Um, The rest of the world's actually 
further ahead at using competencies than the U.S. is in some ways, partly because we're so fragmented, right? There are kind of 50 little countries here. Um, the rest of the world has sometimes what are called qualifications frameworks, which basically say, hey, Europe, if you have this credential, an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree, these are the things you're prepared for in the workforce. So competencies are just the little statements, um, manages a team of laborers on a job site, listens with empathy to someone who disagrees with you. They're just sentences of things people can do. If you get that granular, like what are all Todd's competencies? What are all Katie's competencies? If you get that granular, you can apply those to lots of different roles, lots of different industries. People come into jobs with competencies from all sorts of experiences. Maybe they were a veteran. Maybe they took care of a grandparent at home. Maybe they drove an Uber or they were in healthcare in a foreign country before they moved here. Those are hard to quantify right now. Those don't really live digitally anywhere right now, right. especially with the construction workforce, not really online. Um, so if we can uncover those, you can plug those into parts of your business where they can help. And that allows you to use people you currently have more effectively, as opposed to just hiring for people who are going to give you 20 or 30 percent of what a role needs. So get really little and then you can plug and play way faster and way more easier. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. How do you then really qualify the, or quantify the people's contributions without losing the, the the human side? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. We talk about that a lot with our current customers. We're, I mean, we're certainly using machine learning in the software, but mm -hmm. this is a perfect problem for machine learning. We are sort of the data backbone of your people which allows humans to do what humans do best as far as managing people, listening to them, figuring out which personalities go better together, uh, talking to them about their development plan or, you know, where are they going to go next within your company? Mm -hmm. When we can provide a data set in the background, that allows humans to not try to collect and maintain all that data. So the machine gets to do what it's good at. And then the humans have a data set and they can do what they're good at. So those two things certainly go together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see that partnership for sure too. You know, a lot of times with AI, it seems at first like it's threatening. It's going to come for people's jobs and that's always the, the great fear. But I, I see AI really, the, the people that are able to, to harness it and, and leverage it well, it frees them up because they don't have to focus on the, uh, you know, mundane tasks for lack of a better word, uh, they get to focus on the, the creative aspects and be able to do, as you said, do what people do best and machines can't do. We can be more creative. We can use our intuition. And there's some times where we're like, yeah, I know the data saying this, but maybe in the real world, we have to go over here. And we have that, that flexibility and with, without the, the data set kind of grounding us in, in factual reality, it makes it a lot harder to make a, a truly educated opinion and guess. Right. That's exactly right. And that's a big, that's a headline for a lot of our companies. We, you know, data, it, like machine learning is great at recognizing patterns. Patterns mm -hmm. it, are the things that allow us to make better workforce decisions. Who, who are your top performers and why? What is the top competency you need on a job site? 
for this type of project or this type of project. It's almost impossible. That lives in HR minds and the minds of leadership, but it's almost impossible to keep that up to date. So even if you're just able to pull a few trends or patterns from the data and use some evidence to cut costs and show your employees that you're using evidence, right? It's not just what your supervisor thinks. That helps on both sides yeah. of the coin. Yeah, absolutely. How do you get people over the, the the hurdle of that that AI kind of fear and trepidation? Yeah, yeah. AI people people already sort of have AI fatigue, right? It's everywhere. <laughs> We're talking about it everywhere, and everything's AI now, right? Especially startups. Yeah. Like thirty percent of all the startups getting funded are AI. Um, so there's already fatigue, uh, and we actually, you know, we. We get into it with our customers about the detail of how the engine works and, you know, we're transparent about the choices it's going to make and the data sets we're using to train the model and all that. But it really is the background machine. I mean, they assume that it's smart and that it's going to work for them and it's going to help them. Um, we that helps get people over the hurdle. We uh, are training. We're going to train the models with fresh data and we're removing as much of the bias as possible. So job description and resume training data is missing huge segments of the population, for example. So we're trying to crowdsource some data from all sorts of labor market segments, people with degrees, without degrees, all different age groups, experience levels. That helps. That conversation helps with customers. They want to know that it's going to be inclusive and that it's going to apply to their workforce. We also just, you know, we just want, we just convince them to run an experiment, right? Let's get in and do a pilot. We'll show you how it works. We'll show you the types of insights that it's going to create for you. And it's going to learn what you want to see, what's most helpful mm -hmm. for your business. And if you don't see value, then we, we don't have to keep working together. But a lot of companies do the pilot and realize, wow, we didn't even know that stuff. Uh, so we try to get in. I think that's how innovation happens. I think you get in quickly and you do experiments and you learn and then you do another experiment. I think, yeah. I think that's the way to get over the hurdle. Just demystifying some of the understanding and doing experiments. Those are the two big ones. Yeah, I like that experimentation because I think you have to be able to uh, run something really quick, adapt, figure out uh, what you can learn from it, what worked well, what didn't. And move on and keep tweaking it along the way. And that's where, you know, you, you create those 1% improvements and over a year, you have a, a huge uh, impact because it's, you were able to really push that needle far just by focusing on those little 1%. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you mentioned something on removing bias. Uh, unpack that for me more. What, what does that, what does that mean? What does that look like? How do you remove bias in the data? Yeah. So that is a big project and a big challenge. Um, we're actively working on it right now. As you know, uh, and as your listeners know, um, AI requires mountains of data. And so you've got to get that from somewhere and you've got to keep the data pipeline flowing to keep training the models. Uh, and if you don't like the data that's currently out there, you've got to create new data, which is a huge undertaking. So there's, also a lot going on with data AI bias, especially in the HR space. I think a couple of years ago, the FTC ruling came down about, you know, hey, software companies, we're watching you. Um, 
And we're going to check on you and make sure that you're not making choices that are going to negatively impact organizations. So this is increasingly on the minds of leaders who are purchasing software that has anything to do with human capital. More hiring, uh, workforce development is sort of secondary, but anything related to humans where AI is providing information, um, that's going to be a hot topic and they're going to keep watching that. So competencies, I mean, I'd go so far as to say the reason Clara exists is to make everybody in the workforce matter, right? Everybody in the world everywhere has competencies. So competencies as a system are less biased than the current system, which not everyone can participate in. So that's sort of the bedrock. And then building on that, we tried to create a data set that was globally relevant. So we pulled from industries all over the world, lots of different uh, frameworks, industry taxonomies. The Department of Labor has industry taxonomies for construction, manufacturing, cyber. Pulled from all of those and removed gendered language. And then also are augmenting the data with crowdsourced data direct from the labor market in their terms. Mm -hmm. Uh, the last thing we did is that we structure competencies in a specific way. They all include knowledge, skill, context, and level, and they start with an active verb. So that standardized protocol allows us to treat everybody the same for lack of a more elegant way of saying it. So we know yeah. that, you know, men and women write resumes differently. If the competency statements are standardized, we can remove some of that error. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So you're, you're taking what the kind of the input of what people are giving you, but then kind of tweaking the language so that it's all all the same. If somebody writes the, the essence of the same thing, but in different words, that you're standardizing it. Is that, that's a very inarticulate way I think of <laughs> that I just put it, but is that basically the, yeah. the gist of it? That's it. We want it to be inclusive, but there has to be a protocol to reduce error. So we're gonna include mm -hmm. everybody and we're gonna pull data from everywhere but we have to standardize it so that we reduce the bias and balance the system. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. So let's kind of pivot for a couple of minutes and talk on the, the hiring trends that are out there in the industry right now. So there's been, uh, you look at the tech segment and it's just been a wild, crazy up and down ride of, you see all the, the, the layoffs happening in technology space and obviously with you know, Silicon Valley Bank going, there's a lot of crazy turmoil happening uh, in that space right now. What should construction kind of be on the lookout for with hiring trends for the, the foreseeable future? And what can we, what can we learn from other industries that are going through that turmoil to kind of help steady construction? Yeah. Yeah. Hiring uh, is a bit of a mess right now. It's, it's, it's been a crazy few years. That is for sure. Um, <laughs> Roller coaster. <laughs> no doubt about it. There, there was some good research that came out the last couple of weeks about hiring trends broadly, I think. Um, so I'm thinking a little bit about more specific conversations I had with industrial customers. Hiring is, you know, we talk a lot about it takes six months and $5,000 to hire somebody, to hire one person. Um, that's an aggregate across all industries, a lot of construction roles are shorter and take less time than that, right? Sometimes you need people 
two weeks later for a job. So that's an aggregate across all industries. What I think is true across all industries is it's taking longer and it's costing more, which is really bad news, uh, especially for industrials. We, I read, I read a case study, I think in January about an entire portfolio of projects was canceled because they couldn't get enough talent to the job sites in time. And there were already teams commuting in for from like an hour and a half and still wow. having trouble to get enough bodies on a site. So, I mean, planning is everything. Uh, I know a lot of contractors who are trying to get more lead time on investors and what's coming up 18, 24, 48 months out. The more you can plan, the sooner you can start sourcing, obviously. Uh, source from places you might not normally think of. So a lot of recruiting still happens word of mouth, uh, the big job sites. But sometimes signs are just posted in windows still, right? Post signs in factories, um, technical schools. But go places where maybe you haven't thought to look yet. Facebook, Reddit. Uh, I'm just throwing out examples. Think outside the box. There are a lot of people, there are a lot of bodies who aren't digital right now, who fit mm -hmm. construction roles and maybe even did this work in a previous job or in a previous country before they came here. They, we, you have to find out where they're hanging out and where their friends are hanging out and go to them. Um, we had a company who had really good success actually switching to Facebook to advertise for construction jobs, which they've never done before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you have to think outside the box, plan further ahead and, you know, back to the beginning, just get really specific about what your gaps actually are for the project. Who can you repurpose? How do you keep them? Is there a way to string them project to project so you're not starting over every time? Um, mm -hmm. I know a company was trying to get like 40% carryover within one city, project to project. And that can make a big difference if you can figure out how to keep them. So you're going back to the same pool who you know will fit and you're not just yeah. starting over every time. That's a lot of churn. Right. That's a backbreaker. So. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I love the, the think creatively on new audiences, if you will, uh, mm -hmm. to recruit in. We were talking with a, a guest uh, recently, uh, her name's Amy Marks, and she was brought up how uh, she was at her daughter's rugby tournament and noticed how there was already people that were welders on the team. And she was like, well, why are we not talking with women's rugby players and trying to pull them into construction? Because they're they're strong, they're fit, they're competitive, they're determined, they, they don't mind getting their, their hands dirty and uh, so she started a whole campaign and an effort to, to reach out to rugby players and, and bring them into construction. I was like, yeah. that was brilliant. Thinking That's outside awesome. the, the box, like, yeah, this kind of back to the competency yep. angle of it. They have a competency that fits in line with construction. Why not make that, that connection between the two and try to bring them in? And she's having a lot of really good success bringing in rugby players and they're pumped. We love that. I love that. That's a great example. Athletes are a great example. Groundskeepers, anyone in maintenance is a great pipeline uh, for construction. We had a couple of companies with really good success there. The military is, of course, a great pipeline, right? So any organization yeah. you can go to where you can get access to vets is is also great. So I love that. Good example. Yeah. Very cool. So uh, one of our kind of core tenants on the show is around innovation. So what does innovation mean to you? 
Oh, I think I kind of let the cat out of the bag earlier. Uh, innovation to me is, of course, pushing boundaries. Um, I ferociously attack systems that just don't work anymore. Don't settle. Things don't have to be the way they've always been, right? Mm -hmm. Things should always be up for change, everything and all the time. So if something is frustrating, don't just be frustrated, attack it, right? Everything needs to change. Um, and innovation is experiments, like I said earlier. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a big, scary thing that happens at businesses or sort of that elusive thing that you think you should focus on or spend money on and that you want people to pay attention to. It really is just a series of small experiments. That's what innovation is. Like mm -hmm. you said, you do an experiment, you get a couple people on board, you collect a little bit of data, maybe it worked, maybe it fell on its face, and then you do another experiment. And data moves people and, you know, nobody like people didn't like cabs, but nobody knew how different the world could be until you could call your own car. So right. just start game changer. <laughs> yeah. Just start chipping away uh, by doing experiments. So challenge everything, start small, collect data. Yeah. I love it. I love the ferociously attack. What's frustrating you. Oh, right. That's, that that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. I'm going to, be using that. Hope you don't mind. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, <laughs> how do people find out more information on, on what's going on at Clara or connect with you? Yeah. So, I'm on LinkedIn. You can just search for Katie Hall, Clara, and Clara.ai is our website. So, you can get, to, you can get in touch with anybody on our team through the website, um, learn more about our customers, sign up for a demo. And we're always wanting to talk to companies about how they're trying to innovate, what their biggest pain points are. So reach out to us anytime. Awesome. Well, Katie, final question for you. If I could give you all power and you could snap your fingers and innovate one thing in construction, what would you pick to innovate? Oh my gosh. The magic wand question. Change That's one right. construction. <laughs> uh, I would change that there are no more resumes or job descriptions ever. They are gone as of right now. People just get hired based on their skills. I think that would help construction dramatically. Awesome. I like it. Good answer. Uh, well, Katie, thanks so much for taking the time. This was really fun. I enjoyed the, the conversation. Yeah, agree. I learned a lot as well. Thanks for having me. And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take. Take the time to map out your current workforce competencies and where you would like to be in the future. Then you can assess the delta between the two and get a game plan on how to fill in the needed gaps by hiring new or up-leveling your people. Take two, there is no need to be intimidated or threatened by AI. I truly think that those that are able to harness AI will be freed up to focus on what people do best. And that is to be creative, and empathetic to move the industry forward. And final take, I love Katie's declaration to ferociously attack what is frustrating you. Do not settle for bad systems simply because that is the system you operate in. Look around for those small 1% improvements and build momentum of change. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software Great Tech Group, 
at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining the conversation to model the future on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software Great Tech Group production. Copyright Applied Software Great Tech Group 2023.